Amen. Just can you promise me you're not going to fall asleep on me? Amen. Praise God. First John chapter number four, verse number one. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, John said, whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. And verse number four I want to focus on for the remainder of tonight. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he. Can you say that tonight? Greater is he. One more time. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. This passage of Scripture sounds um, depressing. However, the Apostle John wanted us to understand something. These things are coming, but there's something that we should understand entirely. And that is, He's greater than all of the things that are to come. And we are of God, little children. Amen. And we have overcome them because he is greater. Amen. Let's lay our Bibles aside and let's talk to the Lord for just a moment. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word in this house tonight. God, I pray that your spirit would have God, I pray that you would speak to us from the pages of your word. God, I pray that you would allow us to receive your word from meekness tonight. Oh, I love you, Savior. I worship you. Come on, let's worship the Lord for just a moment here. Oh, you're excellent and mighty in this house tonight. Blessed be the name of the Lord most high. Oh, you are great and greatly to be praised. There is no one that compares to your excellent greatness, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy and your grace tonight. Thank you for your goodness, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Please ride with me tonight. Amen. I hope you will preach with me for just a little while. Amen. Even as I lay this groundwork, we're going somewhere and I feel like God wants to help us to understand some things. And, and I hope that we don't get tired of he- hearing the basics. <laughs> Amen. I have become inundated. You can ask Brother Weems. He comes very often down to Lynn Valley to be with us, and I'm thankful for that. But I, I become inundated with wanting to make sure we uphold the foundation. We must uphold the foundation of truth. Amen. And, and the, the very bottom of that foundation, the footers, if you will, is our faith. We wouldn't have a structurally sound foundation without our faith. 
And I'm hoping somehow I can help strengthen somebody's faith tonight through the Word of God. Because I want you to, help, I want you to understand before this service is over how great of a God we serve. Amen. Amen. Are you going to preach with me for a little while? Amen. Praise God. I, I promise you, I don't do it intentionally, but I promise you when I don't get any feedback, I wind up belaboring the point because I don't know if you're getting it. Amen. So if I hear an amen or two, I, I'll move on. <laughs> amen. Praise God. So let's, let's, let's go into the Word of God tonight. And uh, I'll have to ask you a question. Is He great or not? Do you serve a great God tonight or not? He is greater. Do you believe He is greater than anything in this world? Do you really believe that there is nothing that can trump the Lord? Maybe that was the wrong word to use. Do you really believe that there is nothing that can exceed God? Amen. He is a great God. He is greater than anything or anyone in this world. Amen. In fact, the subject of His greatness is too exhaustive for words or even the printed page. Did you realize that? For John chapter 21, verse 25, I'm sorry, Brother Josh, I didn't give you a list tonight. Amen. John chapter 21, verse 25 says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. I want you to think about what John said there. They speculate that Jesus was only active in his ministry for three years, a little more than three years maybe. John said that if they were to write everything that he did while he walked the earth, just in that short time span, that the books could not the world could not contain the books that were written on the things that he did just in a short three years. Are you getting the magnitude of this? So if we were to sit down, each and every one of us in this room, and begin to write books about what God's done in our lives, how many books would we have to write? You with me tonight? But not just to think of what he's done for us, but the entire world. And what he continues to do on a daily basis. Amen. So, I think we understand the fact that he is greater than anything. I think we understand that he is still actively doing great things. I want to compare him to a few men in the earth that we know about. Strictly in the scripture, though. We could compare them to men in history, but they, most of them weren't godly men. <laughs> Amen. But we're going to look at the scripture. And I'm going to see, we're going to look at Abraham first off. Abraham, would you agree with me, is, was a great man. He was a man who walked with God. Abraham was such a great man that he, the Bible calls him the friend of God. 
James chapter number 2 verse 23 says, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Abraham was not just called the friend of God, but Abraham was called the father of them that believe. Did you realize that? Romans 4 and 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, the seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of them all, of all them that believe. James said he was called the friend of God. The Apostle Paul said that he was the father of all that believed. And I believe it was Paul that also wrote Hebrews. And, and in Hebrews, we find that he was willing to leave everything that he had behind and follow God. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Let me put it that way. Whither he went, the Bible says. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same, of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So we find that Abraham was the friend of God. We find that Abraham was the father of them that believe. We find that Abraham was willing to leave everything and follow God. We also find that Abraham was willing to sacrifice everything, including the promise God gave him, to please God. Genesis 22, verses 10 through 12, you find Abraham sacrificing or willing to sacrifice his son. Amen. It says in verse 12, And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad. This is after he was ready to strike his son and show God, Hey, I'm devoted to you. I love you very much. I'm willing to sacrifice everything that you've given me if that's what it takes to please you. Amen. So Abraham was a great man. Abraham had some great qualities. But when I compare Abraham to Jesus Christ, I want you to see some things. Number one, Abraham was the friend of God. But I want you to see something else. Jesus said, I am greater than Abraham. John chapter 8 verse 52 says, And then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead in the prophets, and thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? And verse 58, he comes back, and Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. He said, you've got to understand something here, folks. I'm not, I'm not Abraham. You ask if I'm greater than Abraham, but I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to let you know I am. I am what? No, that's simple. He is I am Elohim. He said I am the same God that met with Moses in the fiery, in the fiery bush there on the backside of the mountain. I am. I am the one who created Abraham. Before Abraham was, I am. 
Jesus wasn't just a friend of God, but Jesus was the Son of God. Luke chapter 1 verse 35, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. He was not only the Son of God, he was not only greater than Abraham, he was not just what Abraham was considered the father of them that believed, but Jesus is the everlasting father in Isaiah chapter 9 verse number 6 for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty God the everlasting father John 14 and 9 have I been so long time with you yet hast thou not known me Philip he that has seen me hath seen the father amen Jesus was greater than Abraham. Abraham was a great role model. I love to look back at Abraham's life and see the things that he did and how he, how he handled himself. But you want to understand something? As much as I want to roll my life after Abraham, I want to so much more roll my life after Jesus Christ because he was greater than Abraham. Abraham forsook everything. And he, he obeyed God. But let me show you something. Jesus didn't just, he wasn't just willing to do that. He did it. He went out. He forsook everything. He went out and he sacrificed everything. He gave his everything for us. Philippians 2, 5 and 8. 5 through 8 said, Let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He forsook everything that man would really hold dear. And became obedient to death. He sacrificed himself, even the death of the cross. Amen. Jesus was greater than Abraham. Amen. Jacob was a great man. He was a man of dreams. In Genesis 28, verse 12, says, And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set upon the earth, and, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. He was a man of dreams. God spoke to him in dreams. Amen. He was a man of generosity. Genesis chapter 28, verse 22. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee the tenth, give, un, give the tenth unto thee. He was a man of prayer and separation. Genesis chapter 35, verses 3 through 4. It says, And let us rise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak, which was by Shechem. He understood. He had to lay everything aside to be able to separate himself and be pleasing unto God. Jacob was a man of power with God. Genesis chapter 32 verse 28. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Jacob was a great man. Amen? I know I'm rushing through some of it. I've got to, 
I'm going somewhere here tonight. I want, I want you to see that all these great men throughout the scripture, they had some great attributes. They were men that God used in a mighty way. Jacob started out rough, but Jacob ended up walking with God. Jacob ended up inheriting the promise that God had given to Abraham. But even as great as Jacob was, Jesus was still greater than Jacob. John chapter 4, verses 11 through 14 says, The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou the living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. If you drink of this water that Jacob gave you, you're going to get thirsty again. Verse 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He was greater than Jacob. Amen. Jesus didn't just dream of a ladder to heaven, but Jesus was the ladder to heaven. Or maybe I should say it this way, he is the ladder to heaven. He hasn't changed. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? John chapter 1 verse 51 says, And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is how we get to heaven. We get to heaven by faith in him. Amen. I don't have time to get sidetracked here tonight. Amen. Jesus was not just the latter. Amen. But he was not just given to generosity, but he was given to extreme generosity. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. He did it for you and me. That's pretty extreme. He didn't have to. He could have left us in our own old sinful state. But he loved us. And he was given to extreme generosity. And so he laid aside the riches and became poor. That we, through his poverty. Oh, that's so beautiful. Through his poverty might be rich. He was given to extreme prayer. Luke chapter 22 verse 44 says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. And last thing we talked about Jacob was the fact that he had great power with men and with God. He was successful. But he didn't just have some power as Jacob had, but Jesus has all power. All power. And Jesus came and spake unto them, Matthew 28, 18, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Amen. So Jacob was great, but Jesus is still greater. Abraham was great, but Jesus was greater. Moses is a great man. 
Moses chose suffering over sin. You know the story of Moses? Raise your hand. All right. Moses could have stayed in Egypt and took the low road and not have to be stuck in the wilderness with the children of Israel, but he chose suffering over sin of Egypt. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 26, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the approach, the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He would rather suffer for Christ than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a moment. Amen. Moses was a meek man. Do you realize that? Moses was a meek man. I've heard some folks say, well, meekness is a weakness. Meekness is not a weakness. I'll say that again. Meekness is not a weakness. If you want an example of a meek man in modern day, you look at your pastor. He's a meek man, but I can promise you this. If he comes up against false doctrine, he is not a weak man. You with me tonight? Amen. Praise God. I don't have time to work on meekness, but meekness is a great character trait to have. Amen. And you'll see why in just a moment. Now the man, Moses, was very meek. Above all men which were upon the face of the earth. Number says, he was a meek man. He was, maybe I should say, he was easygoing. But when times got tough, he knew exactly how to step up and get the job done. He was a great man. He knew how to lead the people of God. Moses also spoke with God face to face. How many of you have, can say you spoke with God face to face? Moses did. Face to face. Exodus 33 and 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend. The Lord spoke to him face to face. Amen. That's a great man. That's somebody who had a relationship with God. Amen. Moses... Established the law. He didn't make the law, but he established the law. Deuteronomy 31 and 9, it says, And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests, the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord and unto all the elders of Israel. He established what God had given him. He put it into play. Amen. It takes a great man to get something new off the ground. And, and what God had given him. And God had only spoken to Moses saying, this is what I want to put in play. It takes a great man to get that thing going. Amen. But you want to know something? As great as Moses is, Jesus is still greater. Jesus is still greater. 
Hebrews chapter 3 verse 3 says, For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, speaking of Jesus Christ, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. Jesus chose suffering and shame. He didn't just choose one over the other because he was perfect. He was a holy God walking on this earth. But he chose suffering and shame. When he could have taken royalty, he could have been born in a palace. But he took suffering and shame. Hebrews 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He chose to suffer more than Moses ever thought of suffering with the children of Israel out in the wilderness. He didn't just deliver a nation, but Jesus Christ delivers the entire world with the sacrifice that he put forth. Amen. Do you believe that tonight? Do you still believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, the life? Hallelujah. He is still the greatest thing going on the face of this earth. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't just leave the palace of Egypt, but he left the throne of heaven and he walked among men and become as you and me to feel the pain that we feel every day. The Bible says in Hebrews that we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet without sin, the Bible says. He was a great man. He was the greatest man to walk this earth. Jesus Christ was a meek man. Jesus says in verse 29 of Matthew chapter 11, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Why? For I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest in your souls if you become like he is. Amen. He didn't just talk to God face to face. But he was God's face. Oh, come on. I know it's Tuesday night. But does the revelation of the mighty God in Christ excite anybody? Amen. We're not just talking about a man who spoke to God. But we're talking about God who was speaking to man. Hallelujah. God was not, Jesus was not talking to God face to face. But he was the face of God, if you will. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself. Oh, when Jesus by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He did it all by himself. He didn't need somebody else, Brother Nelson, but he did it all by himself. He didn't need somebody else to help him out, but he said, hey, I'm looking down upon the sinfulness of man, and I'm going to reach down, and I'm going to help him out, but there's nobody in this world that is sinless. I'm the only one that can feel the purpose that I have planned. Hallelujah. Solomon was a great man. 
You can find this when you, when you read about Queen Sheba coming and, and seeing him. And uh, you'll find in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse number 7, that his greatness uh, inspired such awe. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 10, verse number 7 says, Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. She said, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. I cannot believe the majesty that you have, King Solomon. He was a great man. He had a wonderful kingdom. In fact, she said, you'll find if we back up into verse 4 and verse 5 of the same chapter, 1 Kings chapter 10, there was no more spirit in her when she beheld his practices. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and their apparel, I'm sorry, and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. She just passed out. Wow. This is awesome. This is beautiful. Solomon was not just a great man that ran a great kingdom. But Solomon was a man who obtained great wisdom from God. 1 Kings chapter 4 verses 30 and 31 says, And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east country and all the wisdom of Egypt, for he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Ezraite, and Heman, and Shalko, and all these other people, and his fame was in all nations round about. Everybody was talking about Solomon. Everybody knew who he was. If they hadn't met him personally, they knew about him. They knew something about Solomon because he was such a great man, because God blessed him with some Intense wisdom. The choosing of the true mother. You can you can go and do some research of your own on your own on your own. I'm not going to get into these, but there was a couple of times where his his wisdom was tried, and there was two mothers. They were they were actually um, women of the night, and they had babies, and they lived in the same home. And one of the mothers rolled over onto one of her baby and killed the baby in the night, and got up. And switched babies with the other lady in the house. And the woman that had the baby stolen from her woke up in astonishment realizing this is not my baby. That is dead. Why is it in my bed? And realized her baby was in the other. They went to the king. Said, king, she has my baby. And you know, you can go on down the road. On down the story. And, and before it was all said and done, King Solomon said, bring me the sword. And he said, divide the baby and give the one half to the one woman and the other half to the other. And the real mother cried out, no, don't kill this baby. Let her have it. I'd rather see him live than die. And Solomon said, give it to her. She's the mother. That's wisdom. 
That's wisdom. There are other stories that you can find in history. You're not going to find in the scripture, but you can find in history. And I'm not going to get into those tonight. But Solomon was a man of great wisdom. But no matter how great of a man that Solomon was, Jesus is still greater. Amen. Jesus is still greater. Matthew chapter 12 verse 42 says, The queen of the south shall rise up in this judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, you see that? This is Jesus talking. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. You see, Jesus doesn't cause people to pass out. He doesn't cause their spirit to leave them. But Jesus will put his spirit in you, not take it away from you. Ezekiel 37, verse number 14. And shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it. And shall put my spirit in you. Amen. He has. He, he, you're, you're talking about a man. We were talking about a man named Solomon. Who had great wisdom. But we're talking about Jesus. Who contained more wisdom than Solomon. At the age of 12 years old. Look at this. Luke chapter number 2. Verses 46 and 47, and it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. At 12 years old, we're talking about a divine young man that had wisdom beyond his years. Consider his responses when trapped by the woman in adultery. He said, when, when they brought this woman, they had found her in the midst of adultery. Think about this. He's standing there teaching the people, and all of a sudden the Pharisees come with this woman. They had caught her in the very act of adultery, and they cast, him, cast her down at, her, at his feet. And Jesus looked at all of them. They all had stones in their hands ready to cast them down on this woman. But Jesus looked out at them and he said, the first one of you, the, the one that want, I want to see throw the stone first is the first one that has no sin in their life. That's powerful. They didn't believe that they were standing and staring the God of the ages in the eyes. But they couldn't do anything about what he just said. Think about what he said when they were questioning his authority. He said, what about John? Amen. He was a great man. He had great wisdom. We could go on down the list of the great and wise things that Jesus did while he was here on the earth. But we would be here all night. And I've, we're already here 36 minutes into this.
You think about Jonah. I'm going to skip through some of my notes here so I can get to where I want to be at. Jonah was a great man. You say, well, he walked away from God. Well, he wasn't all bad, okay? When God finally got his attention, look, some of you walk away from God when he asks you to do what he... Am I telling you the truth or am I not? But when God finally got Jonah's attention and got him to Nineveh, do you realize that everybody in the, in the country of Nineveh repented? That's what the Bible says. You can look it up for yourself. Jonah chapter 3, verses 4 through 10. Write it down if you want to study it for yourself. But he, he had 100% success rate in this endeavor. That's pretty awesome. I don't have a 100% success rate tonight. I promise you, you may be listening to me right now because I just said that, but as soon as you walk out the door, you're going to say, I wonder what he was saying tonight. Amen. It's just the nature of the beast. And life plays its tolls and all that good stuff. But Jonah had a 100% success rate. That's pretty awesome. But no matter how successful Jonah was, Jesus was still greater. He's still greater than Jonah. He's still greater than Abraham, than Moses, than Jacob. You with me tonight? Amen. Jesus did more than just hear the voice of God, but Jesus was speaking with the voice of God. John 14 and 10, he said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. He was more than just a man of God. Jonah was a man of God. Jonah knew how to hear from God. But Jesus was more than just a man of God. He was the God-man, if you will. All right? He was more than a prophet. He was more than a priest. He was more than a teacher. He was more than a preacher. He was God incarnate. He was God in flesh. Amen. You can go to Matthew 16. And, and you've heard the bishop talk about how Jesus said, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And Simon Peter in verse 16 says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. John chapter 10, verse number 30, Jesus said himself, I and my Father are one. There is no difference between me and my Father. When Jesus would begin to do things, people responded. When Jesus began to do things, not just people responded, but spirits responded. When Jesus began to do things, not just spirits and people respond, but the elements of nature begin to respond. Think of it. When he was standing on the bow of the ship and he says, peace be still, the storm stopped, the waves stopped. When, the, when, when he was up praying in the mountain and, and the disciples were in the middle of the sea, he came walking across the waves and the storm. Amen. And when he stepped onto the boat, immediately they were on the other side and the storm was done. Not a word was spoken at that point. But when God begins to move, everything begins to respond. Will you ride with me for just a few more moments?
I'm almost there. In fact, I'm right, right there. There's one last person or thing that I want to talk about tonight. And as Pastor Riggin says, I don't like to find a devil under every rock or around every corner or behind every bush. But I want you to understand something. The devil is powerful. He is. You understand and you notice that I just didn't call him great because I don't think he's great. He is not great. He does have some power. The Bible calls him the prince and the power of the air. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2 says, Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. This is talking about the, the devil. We're talking about the enemy here tonight. You realize the Bible also called him, calls him the God of this world. That attributes some type of power to him, does it not? In whom the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. He is the God of this world. So why are we talking about him tonight? Well, you know, the apostle said we are not ignorant of his devices. And too many times I think that we, as the children of God, we get so bogged down in the things of the world that begin to oppress us and depress us. And, and before long, we're just saying, God, why am I here? Why am I dealing with this or that? And I think at some point we forget who God is. You, you follow my train of thought here tonight? He, he's called the God of this world. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but... Ride with me for a moment. He's called the God of this world. The devil is. Let me ask you something. Who created this world? <laughs> Who, when he begins to speak, nature begins to change? Not the devil. Let me ask you something else. Who is omnipresent? Did you realize the devil is not omnipresent? Did you, you realize that? The devil cannot be in multiple places at one time. He can only be in one place. He has several demons that he utilizes, but that's another lesson for another time. But he can't be everywhere at the same time. But you realize that the God, this Jesus that I'm talking about tonight, his spirit lives here. Inside of me. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost coming on me. Let me tell you something. Matthew 28 and 18. All power in heaven and earth belongs to who? Who? 
One more time. Who? Okay. So if all power belongs to Jesus, and you're being tormented by the devil, and you're full of the Holy Ghost, who has more power? Going back to our, I'm way ahead of myself, but going back to my text, there's going to be some things transpire in the earth, some things that I already have. I believe we're in the end time. I believe we're not too far off from the trumpet sounding. I believe that if you're playing games with God, you probably ought to stop, and you probably ought to get serious with God. All right? But regardless... If you have the Holy Ghost, you have all the power that you need to overcome the world. Because greater is he that is in who? Greater is he that is in who? Than he that is in the world. You with me tonight? I know it's Tuesday night, but I'm right here where I want to be tonight. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, hallelujah. Let, let me get on my notes real quick. Let me, let me get to where I want to be. You understand also, not only is he the prince and the power of the air, but he is also the God of this world. And, and I'm sorry, saying little God, okay? Little G God. All right, you understand the difference? I'm sorry, it's a big deal for me, okay? He's a little G God, not a big G. There's only one of those. And he lives inside of my heart. And he's helped me time and time again. That's why I pray. Ah, I snuck it in on you. Praise God. That's why I talk to him. Because you realize I have a revelation of something, Jerome. And that is, he's greater than any of my problems. Oh, come on. Somebody's got to believe that in this place tonight. He's greater than my problems. And he lives inside of me. And you know what? When he died upon the cross, do you know what he tore in half? He tore a veil that was blocking the access between man and him. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means, Brother Andrew? What's that mean? We have free access. We can get to him. Oh, come on, folks. I know. Just give me like 10 minutes and I'll get out of the way. You don't have to look at my ugly face anymore, all right? But I, I, I feel what I'm talking to you about. We're talking about this great, great big God that dwells inside of me, you realize that Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless? <laughs> he said, I will come to you. How is he coming to me? He's coming to me in the comforter that the Father sent. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the experience that happened on the day of Pentecost. When they were all in one mind, and one accord, look, this is revival. This is what revival is all about. You with me tonight? I, 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 
<laughs> oh, hallelujah. I, I'm of the opinion, and the bishop can, or I've been calling him the bishop for so long, so it's kind of like you guys know who I'm talking about. I love him, and he's put everything that I am inside of me. And one day I hope to be just like him. Lord willing, that's some big shoes to fill. But he has told us, young preachers, he said, look, I don't want you just singing. I, I want to be half the man you are. Hasn't he, Josh? Many occasions. Not for my own pat on the back, but I'm telling you, I want to be used of God more than he has ever been. Because, look, I, I don't want to sit back on my haunches and just let, let things go by. I'm telling you tonight, we are so close to the coming of the Lord that there is so much that we have allowed in our lives to slide by. But now is not the time to play games with the Lord. Now is not time. My daughters have picked up this thing called patty cake. Uh, they got all kinds of different styles that they do now. It's all fancy and stuff. And But the old time preachers used to say it this way. It's not time to be playing patty cake with the world. I heard Elder Westberg say that a time or two at camp. It's not time to play patty cake with the world, but it's time to be sold out to him. You realize that the devil is called, is, is compared to, maybe I should say it that way, to a lion. It says that he goes about as a lion. 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He tries to devour us. I understand that. You understand that. You come in contact with him on a regular basis. But regardless of how powerful he is, now I can preach. All right? Regardless of how powerful that he is, he is the prince of power of the air, which means he can control the weather which I believe that he does on many occasions. When it snows especially. <laughs> well, praise God. Anyhow. <clears throat> yeah. He is the God of this world. And he walketh about as a lion. But I want you to see something here. Jesus is simply greater than the devil. 1 John 4 and verse 4, the last passage of our, our text tonight. You are of who? Oh, come on. You are of who? God. Little children. And you have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. First thing you've got to understand tonight, I am of God. I am his child. And there is nothing that hell can do to me that can stop me from living from God. Another passage of scripture, Paul says, what can separate us from the love of God? 
He goes through a whole list of things. And when he gets down to the end, he said, and nothing shall separate us from the love of God. The only way that you can be separated from the Lord is if you walk away from him. My friend, I'm here to tell you tonight, I don't care what you're facing in life. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. The NCV says it this way. My dear children, you belong to God and have defeated them because God's spirit who is in you is greater than the devil who is in the world. He is the mighty God and he is the prince of peace. We already quoted Isaiah 9 and 6. He is the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. He is the only potentate. He is, or if you will, the ruler, the authority. He is the only king of kings and the Lord of lords. First Timothy 6 and 15, which in time, in his times he, he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's not just like a lion. He's not compared to a lion. Amen. But he is a lion. Revelations 5 and verse 5 says, And one of the elders saith unto me, We not behold the lion. Oh, come on. You're not feeling what I'm feeling here tonight. Amen. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book. He's talking about Jesus. He was the only perfect one. He was the only one that could step up and open the book. Amen. To allow us into heaven. You understand tonight, if we can all stand this evening, Sister Becca, come. There is nothing in this world, nothing in this world, nothing in this universe that is greater than him. There is nobody, I don't care who it is in this world, he can be the ruler of the most powerful nation of the world. God is still greater than him. God is still greater than him. I said God is still greater. God is still greater. He is still greater. Hallelujah. Psalms 145 in verse 3 says this. Psalm 145 and verse 3. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. You can find, you can search the world over. Archaeologists can dig every archaeological dig that they can find. And they're never going to exhaust all the greatness of God. Because it extends past this world. It extends past time. When time is over, God will still be. When eternity is ongoing and the earth is no more, he will still be. And I intend to be with him. I don't care what I face in my life. I intend to be with him. Why? 
because greater is he, Brother Bruce, that is in me than he that is in the world. I have more power residing inside of me than all the devils in hell. I have more power residing inside of me than all the authority in this world. And if God doesn't allow it, it cannot overtake me. The prophet said, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. When I fall, I shall arise. Well, what's this all about tonight, Brother Brandon Hilton? I, I came tonight somehow trying to help you understand this God I serve. He's not just an ordinary God. I think I said it Sunday night, but he's not a God that you can just set on a shelf until you need him and then go brush him off and do your obeisance to him and then he answers. But he is a God who is active. He is a God who will perform great things in your life. If you'll stay in tune with him. He is a great God. Amen. But I want you to understand this one last thing. What he does for you. Is limited by you. Let me say it again. What he does in your life. Is limited by you. Jesus told us in Matthew 6 and 33. He said. But seek ye first. The kingdom of God. And his righteousness. He put a semicolon there. And he said. And, and whatever else was after that. He just wanted you to understand. Don't worry about everything else. I'm going to take care of you. He gave you the first thing to do. He didn't give you a second or a third. He gave you a first thing to do. And that first thing was, let me seek God with everything that I have. I'm going to devote my life to him entirely. You with me tonight? I know. I, I said I'm, I'm, I'm done. It's 9 o'clock. I know that's, that's magic hour, Pastor calls it. I, but I want you to leave here tonight with a complete understanding. You see, David, when he went against Goliath, he understood how big God was. He was standing in front of a man that was almost 10 foot tall. But Brother Jaheim, he wasn't looking at that man's 10 feet. He was looking up at God. And he realized when he compares his problem with my great big God. This is nothing. It's just an issue. And he's going to give me the power to overcome this problem. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. And so if you really believe that he's great and that he will help you. Let me tell you something. I, I wasn't going to say this, but let, I'll say this and I'm getting out of the way. I promise, I promise, I promise. 
But today, today, I've been asking God for some things, and I needed His help, some some other things, and I've been praying, saying, God, I believe You spoke to me about a certain situation, and I know You're gonna You're gonna supply. Elder Howard has always said the will of God is always two things, affordable and always doable. And you know what? Today, I've been praying and asking God to supply a need. And mom, this never happened to me before. But my wife hollered at me I was working at home today, and she said, "Hun, since we moved to our new house, it's a brand new housing addition. They're having problems making sure they get my mail in my mailbox and put it in this other mailbox that they tried to give me at first. And so it's a messed up ordeal. So I told my wife, I said, if you're up there when she comes, holler at me. So she did, and I, I said, okay. Because I've been looking for some bills that I need to get paid, and they haven't showed up in my mailbox. And uh, that's a problem. Um, I like to have my lights on. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I've been asking God to help me with this situation. And I said, God, you, you know what we need. I went out there and I, I, I got her before she took off. And she said, yes, sir, what can I help you with? I said, can you check in box number seven because I think I got some mail in there. She said, what address are you? And I told her. She looked, she said, sure enough, she handed me a whole stack of stuff. Some of it was trash, some of it was bills. But one of them, Brother Nelson, it ain't never happened to me before. I opened that thing up and it had a letter. And it had a check in it. And I ran back inside, I said, look, baby, I wasn't expecting this at all. But God took care of us. And I'm so thankful. Look, I didn't know where it was going to come from. I'm just being honest with you. We weren't struggling. We, we, it wasn't like we couldn't pay our bills, all right? I'm not, I don't want you to think that we were there. I wouldn't have moved into that house if that was the case. Anyhow, but there was something extra that I needed God to do. And I said, I felt like God spoke to me in prayer and said this is what you need to do and we need to do it at such and such a time and I said God I can't do it I don't have the, I don't have the funds we just don't and that shows up look I'm telling you folks that was today understand that was today that was today I'm not talking about something that happened back in back when you know I'm tired of those stories I love that God did great things for those folks. Oh, come on now. I felt it, but I'm not, I'm not putting down on them, all right? I'm not, Brother Williams, I'm not putting down on them. You know my heart. We have talked about this over and over. I am so tired of hearing what he used to do. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you folks, God doesn't want to just 
You don't want to just talk about what mama and dad told us or grandma and grandpa told us. But he wants you to be able to say, hey, baby, listen to what God did for me today. Hey, honey, let me tell you what God did for me yesterday. Hey, baby, let me tell you what's coming tomorrow. Look, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe it's the will of God for the waters of baptism not to be trouble ever service. I'm telling you another thing. It's been too long since somebody walked down here with, and had somebody lay their hands on them and walk out talking in tongues. It's been too long since somebody came and they had an illness or some problem in life and they came down and the man of God laid his hands upon their head and God healed them instantly. I'm not talking about what God could do yesterday. I'm not talking about what he did in the Bible. I'm thankful that he did it in the Bible. But let me tell you, it's a testimony of what God can and will do today. We serve a great God. Therefore, we ought to treat him like a great God. We ought to expect things out of him as a great God. If he's truly a great God, I'm going to expect great things from him. Woo, hallelujah. I, I, I want to stop, folks, but I still feel it burning. I, I want you to understand something. When he walked the earth, the Bible said everybody that came to him. Is, I, Brother Weems, the scripture said that all that came to him and needed a healing or deliverance, it said, when they left him, they got it, didn't it? Anybody else, can, can you confirm that? The Bible said that when Jesus healed him, Brother Nelson, is that right? I'm not, I'm not misreading what I, what, what I read here a while back. Every time somebody came to Jesus, they left healed, right? If they, if they needed deliverance, they left free. Okay. Everybody that came to him and asked for healing left with healing. I'm asking you again, do you believe that the same Jesus that walked the earth is the same Jesus that lives inside of you? Are you listening to me tonight? Or do you believe that the same Jesus that hung upon the cross is Salusa? Do you believe that he is the same one that lives inside of your heart? Do you believe, Sister Jasmine, that he's the same one that raised up Lazarus out of the dead, from the dead, and said, come forth? you believe that's the same Jesus that lives inside of you? Let me bring it home a little bit. I, I like talking about these things because I was there when it happened, okay? In 96, there was a young lady that had a problem. I remember she lived in my house and she's playing the piano. Sometimes I think she still got a problem. I got the mic and she can't do nothing about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I love her to death. But let me say something. The preacher preached about faith. 
And you know, Mom, no disrespect to you, but I think about that story the way you've told it over and over and over. Don't get mad at me. She's the one that brought her down and got prayed for. But do you know who woke up the next morning and got her pills out so she could take them? My mom did. Do you think she believed that God did it the night before? I'm not putting down on her, okay? She had the faith to get her down there. But it took the little bit of faith she had to get her in the front. And Sister Rebecca, you tell me if I'm wrong. But she said, Mama, I don't need those. And she said, are you sure? Or something like that. And Becca said, no, I don't need those today. God healed me. And I'll tell you something, that was 9 to 6 in April, wasn't it? She ain't had another epilepsy seizure since. Sometimes I wanted to give her one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm feeling too good tonight. Amen. But God healed her. She graduated the top of her class. She plays the piano beautifully. She's smart. All that good stuff. I got to make up for what I've been saying. <laughs> but God touched her. That was 96. Look, guys. I know some folks with epilepsy. I know if I could get them here, God would touch them. You know what I've been praying lately? Man, I've got to quit, all right? Brother Nelson, you're going to have to knock me out. So take this mic and say, we're shutting down. No. <laughs> no. But I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm ready to see God do some good things. But what I've been praying lately, I've been saying, God, I'm asking you, I've been praying for the gifts of the Spirit. Apostle Paul said, covet the best gifts. And I said, God, I want you to help me and impart to me faith like I've never had before. That means when I'm out on the street, I can walk up at somebody and say, hey, Jaheem, how are you doing today? You know what? I feel like God's really got something special in store for you. You've been asking God for some things. And if you come to church tonight, I bet you anything God's going to help you out. Look, that's how the people of God ought to operate. I'm telling you folks, we serve a great big God. And he can still heal the, he can still heal the sick. He can still deliver those that are bound by addiction. He can still do great and mighty things that we wish that we could see. But let me tell you something. He wants to see us open the box and let him out. And let him begin to do what he wants to do. The old saying is, you always get what you always gotten if you always do what you've always done. So if I want God to do something different, I'm going to have to change how I act. I'm going to have to change what I'm doing in my life. 
And if I want to see the glory of God come, I'm coming and I'm going to pray until I pray through in church every single time. I'm going to worship until the glory of God falls. I'm not going to be satisfied with just a mediocre service, but I'm going to get a hold of God and I'm going to worship till the glory falls. Because I serve a great God, I'm going to give him some great praise. Can we do that here tonight? Can we begin to worship the Lord? Can we begin to give him glory? Can you give him glory like he deserves? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I tell you what, I know it's late. I'm sorry, it's 9.15. Can we all gather around the front here? Let's all stand around the front. And I want us to begin to glorify God. And I want us to begin to commit ourselves to Him and do it afresh. And I want us to say, God, I'm sick and tired of half, half, half-hearted church. But God, I'm opening the box. And I'm going to let you have your way. Because you're a great God, I'm going to give you great praise. Because you're a great God, I'm going to give you my everything. Oh, come on. Let's worship the Lord tonight. Let's praise Him tonight. Oh, God, I love you, Jesus.